Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. It is October 4th, 2022, and Nick, not only are the Brooklyn Nets back, but so are you and me, man. Where are we back from? Well, we uh, we didn't record last week. We've been recording sporadically together throughout the summer. You've been busy. I've been busy. We're not going to get into our personal lives in this episode because what matters is that we're reunited and it feels so good. Uh, I don't feel the same way. You're really not happy to be back and doing this? I mean, we're getting into the thick of things, Nick. We actually, for the first time since we got swept by those pesky motherfuckers from Boston – we have Nets basketball to talk about. Like actual physical shoot, dribble, dribble, pass, rebound sometimes, Nets basketball. Yeah, but we got absolutely demolished. It doesn't matter. Look, I I was going to go into this episode, and let's get into it. Let's get into this first Nets preseason game. And by the way, if you missed it, Fireside Nets is brought to you by Empire Sports Media. If you guys want a great website with excellent blogs, the New York Yankees, the New York Mets, I know they're not playing too well right now, uh, the NJ Devils, the New York Rangers, the Jets, the Giants, whoever you like, check out Empire Sports Media. Big shout out to our guy, Alex Wilson, who, who runs it and puts on this podcast. Okay, Nick, let's get into this first preseason game. So I was going to go into this episode initially mad that we lost. You know, we lost the game 127-108. I hate losing. Preseason, exhibition, championship, whatever the significance of the game, I do not like losing. I think you can you can agree with me. Yeah, I like winning because I'm a winner. Sometimes. But then I thought... I right, name the movie. I will win. I am a winner. And I will win. Does that remember the Titans? It is. Wow, that was a good Denzel, right? It was not a good Denzel. I could tell it was Denzel because of how bad the impression was. I don't scratch my head unless it itches. I don't dance unless I hear music. And I will not be intimidated. You motherfuckers are going to be playing basketball in Pelican Bay. That's my Denzel. Okay. That was it. That sounded like Jay Farrow doing Denzel. I'll take it. Um, I thought more about it. And I'm not going to go into this, this sequence or this segment with the take that I'm mad the Nets lost. This is the first time this group of guys played together. I think you look at the Sixers, a lot of returning faces. They, you know, I know Harden and Embiid did not play, but Maxi was in there. Tobias was in there. Um, You know, the Sixers have a lot of guys that are coming back and and that played a lot last season. Thibault played a good amount. So forget about the result. Forget about the fact that the Sixers were kicking the crap out of us in that first quarter. I think they put up uh, 42 points in the first quarter, if I'm not mistaken, We got to see Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant on a basketball court together on the same team. So the first thing I'm going to ask you, Nick, what were your first thoughts on the new look big three? Ben Simmons did not look like a pussy. That was a huge win for the Nets. Ben Simmons was not scared to play basketball. He was not a mental midget. Uh, You know, he didn't play the extension. 6'9". I said a mental midget. Not a physical midget. 
Okay, well, I mean, regardless, like, what are you mentally going at the guy for? And he's 6'11". Is he? No, he's not 6'11". Yeah. Ben Simmons, look it up. He's 6'11". I don't anyway, he got 6'5 and 4 in 19 minutes. Uh, they didn't play much in the second half. He looked good. He had some nice cut to, cuts to the hoop. Kyrie found him for a nice dunk. He had a, a couple other nice plays. He was making some decent passes. He looked like he was ready to play basketball. I saw a quote from Kyrie Irving a couple days ago that said, He's with it. We all we all believe in this guy. He's mentally there. He's ready to go. So I paraphrased, of course. But that was the best sign for me. I'm not worried about Kyrie skill-wise. I like that you're drinking wine right now. I'm not worried about Kevin Durant skill-wise. I look for the things that we need, gaps we need to fill, right? Ben Simmons, huge gap we need to fill. Guys coming off the bench and doing their part. We'll get to Ed- Edward Summer. Is it Edmund or Edward? Edmund Summer? Edmund Sumner. Edmund Sumner we'll get to. But, Let's uh, learn how to say the names of the players – that play for the team that we root for, please. Bro, you can't even pronounce words correctly. Anyway, moral. He is 6'11, moral by the, the way, Ben Simmons. Yeah. Moral of the story I'm excited for Ben Simmons. It was very surreal seeing him out there playing, and it seemed very normal. And I'm excited for that to become the normal of the season, having that big three playing together, you know, bouncing off each other well, and, and the chemistry was there. Yeah, I I think a lot of the quotes from this game were telling. First of all, we saw glimpses of what could be a really cool dynamic between Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, and Kyrie Irving. And we talked about this all offseason, but Ben Simmons is a pass-first player. Can he be aggressive? Can he look to score occasionally? Sure. But he's more or less looking to get guys involved. What do Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant love to do? They love to score. They love to shoot. So you you saw Simmons – you know, with on the receiving end of a few passes from Kyrie, you also saw a few KD and Kyrie buckets on the receiving end from Ben Simmons. We're going to see a lot of that. So I thought that was a very cool dynamic. Um, I wouldn't say, you know, first of all, I never thought uh, the fact that you had to say he didn't look like a pussy. I don't think he's ever looked like a pussy. He's a six eleven. Uh, I'm sorry. Dude. Let's not. Okay, first of all, we could say the word like wimp. I don't want to offend anybody, but. You've never thought he looked like a wimp or a mental midget when he like could not hit a freaking free throw for his <laughs> goddamn life. I thought it's funny. You said you don't offend anybody. And then you like said mental midget for the ninth time on the episode. Um, I, who cares? I, 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 we're, we're arguing over semantics. My, my point is the quotes after the game were telling, they asked him, were you nervous? I'm, I don't, I'm paraphrasing on what he said, but he basically was like, no, I was excited. Like, this is basketball. This is my life. You know, forget about all the drama. Forget about everything that's happened in the past year and a half. This is what he does. And to see him back on the court in a new home, in a place where he feels comfortable both mentally and physically, it was a really cool sight to see. And the fact that he, you know, and then what Kyrie Irving said at halftime, he basically said, he told Ben Simmons, you know, playing, uh, despite what you've heard, Playing with talent like us is going to open up the floor for you, and it's going to create opportunities for you. I'm, again, I'm paraphrasing. I don't have these quotes in front of me. It's a pretty. Yeah, you don't even know how tall the players are. But I. So for me, watching the three of them play, it was very cool. And and I think you know what Ben Simmons brings you is something completely different than what James Harden brought you. James Harden brought you a, a third elite scorer. Ben Simmons is not an elite scorer, but Ben Simmons is up there with James Harden when it comes to passing the ball. And what Ben Simmons can do defensively and on the glass is something James Harden can only wish he could do. So I, I want to get that out of the way. Are we ready to move on from the big three, Nick, or do you have any final thoughts? No. Happy with everyone played. Uh, look good. All right. So this, is, this might be a con depending on how you look at it. I look at it as a negative. You might look at it as a positive. 
I think the Nets have somehow figured out to have too many shooters on this team. When Seth Curry's healthy, you have Seth Curry, Patty Mills, Joe Harris, and Royce O'Neal. Four guys that can shoot the three very well. One of them is able to defend the ball. And the other three, not so much. So I guess I'm worried because if you're going to play all those guys decent minutes, they're not all going to get hot every game. You're gonna, I guess, is that fair to think that the Nets are going to kind of rotate those four guys and see, you know, which one has the hot hand? Yeah, I think that's not a bad problem to have. I think you put in like guys like Patty Mills, Joe Harris, like you're saying, Royce O'Neal, obviously more of a defensive player. And if Patty Mills is hot that game, he gets more minutes. If Harris is hot, he gets more minutes. Curry, whoever it is. So I don't mind that. I do think uh, we are going to have to stick to Joe Harris. Honestly, I think we've just been committed to Joe Harris for the past, what is it, five or six years. He will always get priority over those other guys. But like we've seen in the past, Joe Harris, bless his heart, has choked in a couple big moments and a couple big games, back-to-back years. So what I will say is you start with Joe Harris. But it's nice having those safety nets where, God forbid, Joe, I want to keep mentioning God here, God forbid Joe Harris has an off game come end of the regular season, post postseason. We do have those other pieces to kind of come in and sub for him. Whereas in the past, I don't think we had the depth, right? We were putting in a guy like Cam Thomas, a guy like Kessler Edwards, who were not nearly mature enough and, and ready enough to go out there and be a contributing factor on this team. So – that, to me, getting that depth, yes, there is some repetition in what they do skill-wise, but it is better to have that safety than them to not have it. And we did add height. You know, we have Morris now. We have Wadnabe. We have guys who do fill that gap better than Bruce Brown did, um, who gave give us more of those small forward, power forward, rebounding presence. So we kind of have the best of both worlds, in my opinion, right now. We are a little bigger. I agree with you there. And then uh, I don't know if you've seen, like, Bruce Brown and Jeff Green look like they're loving it over in Denver. Bruce Brown said that he dunked on Jeff Green in practice, and Jeff Green basically said he's lying. So I don't know who you want to believe there, but uh, I I do agree. We got a lot bigger. So I look at the four guys I mentioned, right? We weren't able to see Seth in the preseason game. He's uh, still recovering from that ankle surgery he had in the offseason. Patty Mills is going to be a guy that's not going to play as much this year just by nature. He was forced to play. I think it was 29 minutes a game last season. He he was asked to do something that just uh, he's not capable of at this age. So you're going to see his minutes go way down this season. Uh, for me, it comes down to Royce O'Neal or, or Joe Harris. Who do you want in that? You know, who do you want at the end of the game? Closing it out with KD, Kyrie, Simmons, and Claxton. Uh, if you watch the preseason game, Royce O'Neal looks like someone who just makes winning plays defensively, offensively on the glass hustle plays. He, he, he had a very nice game. Uh, what did he put up? I have the stats in front of me. He had 11 points in 17 minutes, uh, two rebounds. And I like that. He's double zero. I think that's, that's badass. Nothing against Joe Harris. He was a little rusty in this one. Joe finished with six points. I think he had two threes, uh, but Royce gives you something that, that Joe just doesn't give you. So, me personally, if, if we're going to look into uh, that starting five to start the season, I would like to see Royce in that small forward spot over Joe Harris. That's just me. Yeah, I second that. I like Royce O'Neal. I don't think it's going to happen. But it's tough. We have so many offensive weapons. I still think Joe Harris at his best is fucking huge for us. But we'll see what happens.
So who's your starting five? It's Joe over Royce. I agree. Royce has a defensive presence and he could fill, he can kind of, you know, be a piece of the puzzle better than Joe can, but I still think it's Joe after all he's done for us. He's had such consistency in the regular season. I think we give him a shot. I think you just think he's handsome. Joe's not a bad defender either. He's not, not great, but he's fine. He's, he's passable. He's not Isaiah Thomas. He's not as All good right. as Isaiah Thomas Pistons. He's not as bad as Isaiah <laughs> Thomas of recent times. I'll tell you this, Nick. A guy who we've been waiting on all summer to see, they've spoken highly about his offseason, his conditioning's gotten better. Nick Claxton. In nine, uh, 14 minutes, Nick Claxton had 12 points and four rebounds. Uh, he's a guy who's going to be essential to this team's success. I think that the Nets are, are going to have a competition at the backup center spot. I think it's really going to be uh, uh, a two-way battle between Markeith Morris and Dayron Sharp. I think they wanted to go into this this season with Sharp as the backup, but I look at what what Claxton does, what Sharp does, and what Morris does, and there's one one guy out of those three who can stretch the floor and give you something um, as a stretch five, and that's Morris. And and as a veteran, you know he proved in, in this game he hit. Uh, let's pull up the stats. Where did where did Morris hit in this game? Do you have it uh, on you? Morris yeah, had Markeith Morris six points. In, in nine minutes. All right, that's not bad. That's almost a point a minute. Um, and I just don't see, you know, Sharp was great at moments last year, but I, the consistency wasn't there. I think he's a year or two away. I think with this squad, you can't have two guys that are sort of similar to each other in Claxton and Sharp. They both play off the ball. Uh, they're both rebounding heavy. They're not the, the biggest centers in the league as, as Sharp hits that layup and gets fouled. Uh, I'm watching a replay of the Nets game, by the way. Um, so yeah, I, I, I guess, I mean, we started this off with Clax, but, uh, are you excited to see sort of Clax's growth and development in this upcoming season? I honestly really like Clax in this last game. I mean, that was a big sign for me, um, showing his confidence and aggression. I mean, what, 12 points in 14 minutes, four rebounds, not as much as I would have liked, but he was aggressive, dude. He's making good cuts to the hoop. He was getting open. He had some great chemistry. That's been building over the years with guys like Kyrie. Even him and Ben Simmons connected on a couple. So I was super excited. I like the shaved head. It seems like he's just like, I don't care what your haircut is. It doesn't matter. But I like change, right? To me, if whether you, you shave your head or you grow out your hair, you wear a headband, you wear a wristband, whatever it is, I like someone saying I'm ready to do – there's going to be a change this year. There's going to be a change in my intensity, and therefore I'm going to do something different with my style, with my look. To me, that shows he's ready to be a new player. He's ready to take a step up. And that gets me very excited about the season because I've said to you probably on 10 pods before, Claxton is developing slowly. Claxton is not where he needs to be. It's been three years, and he's still freaking averaging a point higher than he is after every year. I need to see a 10 points a game jump to 20 points a game jump. I need to see uh, a six rebound a game jump to 10 rebounds a game jump. And I haven't seen that yet. This preseason game, yes, it's one example. Could always be an anomaly. I'm going to be optimistic, though. If Claxton plays as aggressive as he did in that game, if the chemistry is starting to get there with all these players over the past few years, I am very excited to take Claxton and put him in that starting role that he's expected to be in after we get rid of all these guys like Griffin, Aldridge, you know, saying goodbye to all these players. Dayron Sharp's not ready to be in a position like that. So, yes, happy to see where Claxton is, hoping that development isn't a fluke and it continues going into the season and he keeps elevating into that player we've been waiting for him to be for so long. Yeah, my only pushback is uh, Joel Embiid did not play in this game. So, you know, I'd like to see Nick he's Claxton never going to – he's against. never – dude, I'd even put – I'd put Simmons on Embiid at that point. 
Oh, that'd be a fun matchup to watch. Yeah, right? so I'm not Simmons even you can't look. Listen, there's the Embiid, there's Jokic, there's guys he's not going to be able to guard and keep up with. We don't need him to be. We need him to be the like you know middle of the pack, twelve to eighteen top centers in the league, or even even be able to guard those top centers in the league. Uh, if you can, if you can stop Brook Lopez, I'm feeling okay with that. All right, Nick. Uh, sticking with this preseason game, we had some new faces in new places. Utah Watanabe and Edmund Sumner both actually look pretty darn good for the Nets, Nick. Watanabe had 10 points in 16 minutes, while Sumner had 12 points in 15 minutes. Uh, I think Sumner has a chance to come out of the pack as a backup point guard to Kyrie Irving and to Ben Simmons. Out of everyone I've seen on this team, I don't love Patty ever running the point. I don't think Kevin Durant should have to run the point at this point. No pun intended. Um, I like Sumner's game. I think he can handle the rock. I think he's quick. I think he's a smart player. I actually really like him as a backup point guard option uh, throughout the season. But who are you more surprised with? Who are you more impressed with? Watanabe or Sumner? Uh, Sumner. I've seen Watanabe play before. I think he's pretty middle of the pack. I think he'll never be really that 6-7 for us. We're pretty deep right now, and, and I don't see him taking too many minutes from Morris, obviously not from Durant, uh, even from the Joe Harris, Curry, like things like that. I don't see Watanabe jumping in and playing a huge role. We do need someone to come off the bench to back up Kyrie. Mills is getting old. He's kind of a three-point specialist. He's a little bit of a defensive liability. Sumner, man. So people who don't know Edmund Sumner, Sumner he went to Xavier. He was on the Pacers, and he was actually averaging almost eight points for the Pacers in 2020. Uh, shooting it at 52%, but he tore his Achilles right after he signed a three-year, like $6.5 million deal with the Pacers. He was on track. He was improving and he was looking good. He's a great athlete. He's quick. He's smart with the ball. He's got a great first step. Um, So I was really glad to see him. And also as someone who tore their Achilles, glad to see someone bounce back from that injury with confidence. I mean, those of you who don't know, that's one of the hardest things in life as an athlete to come back from. And it takes grit and determination and heart and a desire to win and to improve to come back from an injury like a torn Achilles tendon. So I got to give props to my boy, Edmund Sumner. But like you said, he's going to carve out some minutes for himself. He looked good. And he was coming off this injury after actually finishing a couple seasons, improving year over year. So cool to see him jump back in, continue improving. To a little low-key um, might be one of the biggest booms. I know boomer bust, those fantasy football lovers out there get that terminology. Uh, but he might be a big boom this year if he keeps playing like he did last night. Yeah, you'll love to see it from the new guy. By the way, breaking news, uh, we're not a, ba- a baseball podcast. Aaron Judge has broken Roger Maris's record, American League home run record, with his 62nd home run of the season uh, against the Rangers on October 4th, 2022. Where were you when Aaron Judge broke Roger Maris's home run record? I was recording and listening to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick on Empire Sports Media. So I think that's cool. That is cool. Good for him. Good for him. All right. Uh, moving. We're, a Mets, we're a Mets podcast, but that's cool. <sighs> I'm not a, not a Mets guy. <laughs> Welcome back to Chris Choyoza. Familiar face. Yeah, I, I was Nets. like, wait, Jeez. who's that? I know. I know. Uh, zero points for cheese in 11 <laughs> minutes. He, he will not be getting much run this season if the Nets – Want to be successful. 
but he's got a championship ring with the Warriors from last year, so he brings his championship bench pedigree to the Brooklyn Nets. I'd uh, like to. Uh, I'd like to also yeah. give a shout out to Cam Thomas. Uh, uh, was, that points. was my next segment. But but dude, I gotta say he had one sick drive where he. I think he might have finished an and one. And it just looked like the most athletic thing I've ever seen. He was like in the air for 20 seconds, came down, finished over somebody. It was pretty sweet. It was gnarly. I got three words for Cam Thomas, okay? Figure it out. You have to figure it out because if you don't, if you're not able to carve out your role on this team, Sean Marks will trade you faster than Nick can, I don't know, say the alphabet in Hebrew. I got nothing. There you go. All right, and then the final part of this uh, this game was, hey, Kessler Edwards, hey. And they kept referencing him like he played 42 games last year due to all these injuries. Sorry, bud. Don't think you're going to get much uh, much yeah. run this season, but thanks for last season. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. I'd like to add a segment when we do games called shooting out deck credit. And I'd like to um, shoot out some credit to <laughs> – you like, you like that one? <laughs> shooting out that credit. I like that one. <laughs> I'd like to give out credit to uh, – I'd like to shoot out some credit to Tyrese Maxey. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's give credit where credit is shooted out. 20 points in 14 minutes. I think at one point he had 14 points in the first nine minutes of the game in the first quarter. Like and their first eight after. Minutes, I think, yeah. And he just looked good, bro. I mean, talk about development and improvement. Tyrese Maxey within like two years – has gone from being like an up-and-coming youngster who's like pretty good, almost like a, a poor man's John Morant, to now just like dominating the floor. He's confident shooting. That was a big push for him to get better at three-point shooting, something he did over the offseason. I know he put a big focus on that. It showed. He was stroking it. He was driving. He's a fast dude, man. So I got a shootout deck credit to Tyrese Maxey on the Philadelphia 76ers. We're a Nets podcast. But as a basketball lover, you got to love seeing a guy just improve year over year and, and become a stud. Yeah, there were two guys that stood out to me in this game. And the first one, obviously, was Tyrese Maxey. Um, he's the fastest player on the court in 99% of the games he plays. He is one fast dude. I'll ask you this. This is a tricky question. But if you're, if you're drafting, right, if the NBA uh, – what's it called in Madden when you reset the rosters and you just redraft in the season? I, it, there's a name to it. I've I never anyway. that. Yeah, that's what I used to do in NBA. Anyway, would you draft Tyrese Maxey or Ben Simmons first? Oh, right now, I'd still have to go Ben Simmons. Okay. I mean, it's an interesting question, right? Because <laughs> I look at I look at the big three for each team um, as – was that David – oh, no, that's Alondis Williams, I think. He makes a really acrobatic layup with about like six Alondis. seconds left. Um, what were we just talking about? We're talking about Ben Simmons or Tyrese Maxey. And I'll tell you why I take Ben yeah. Simmons. Right. right now, Tyrese Maxey is, uh, is a better player than Ben Simmons. He's more polished. He's more confident. He's a better scorer. You can't say he's a better defender. You can't say he's a better rebounder. You can't say he's a better passer. Maybe right now their passing is comparable because Tyrese Maxey is becoming uh, more and more of a true guard. With that said, they don't make players like Ben Simmons. They don't build 6'11 guards that could defend a point guard and defend a center who could rebound and who could pass like Jason Kidd during some years. So because of Ben Simmons' upside, now I know all the haters out there, oh, we've given him like four years, he's still five years, he hasn't had the upside, he chokes under pressure, he can't hit a free throw, he's a terrible shooter, he's afraid to shoot. I get that, dude. The guy's still what, if I'm not mistaken, 25 or 26? He's young. How old is Ben Simmons? I'm just going to click on his name real fast. Ben Simmons is 26 years old. 
he is still has super, he still has superstar potential. Okay. He might hit his prime by 29. That's fine. But to me, the Tyrese Maxey type player, you have guys like De'Aaron Fox, you have guys like John Morant, which is kind of the, the absolute elite style of scoring dominant point guard. They, they are players that come around like that. There are not players that come around to me like Ben Simmons, who can be that huge, do all the things a big man can do and all the things a guard can do. I mean, the only player right now, you know, back in the day, Magic Johnson was a similar player who can, who can do a little bit of everything and was big enough to sub in and play a big man when he needed to. I almost want to say Jokic. He's not really a guard Jokic, obviously, at all. You wouldn't put a point guard, but he can dribble. He could pass like no other big man ever could. So these are types of players that just – you could literally name – I just named three on the palm of my hand because they don't come around often. That's why, to me, Simmons is the guy right now over Maxi still. Simmons had that beautiful uh, behind-the-head the pass to Nick Claxton for the breakaway dunk. I thought that was probably his prettiest play of the game. Uh, here, I look at the big three for each team, and I think Kevin Durant and Joel Embiid sort of equal each other out. They're sort of this, they have the same impact on the game. Kyrie Irving and James Harden kind of have the same impact of the game. I think at, at this point in their careers, Harden more with facilitating Irving more with scoring. Um, so then I, I, I look at Ben Simmons and, and Tyrese Maxey and I say, which one is better? And if you're going to go off last season, one played, one didn't Maxey was absolutely electric last season. He could have made the all-star all-star team. Um, but I agree with you in terms of intangibles, in terms of, what their, I guess, peak superstar elite status is, I, I do think Simmons' ceiling is higher than Tyrese Maxey's at this point. I just think it's an interesting conversation. Uh, and then the other guy that I sort of respect the Sixers for going out and getting is Montrez Harrell. Really good backup center option to Dwight Howard. He absolutely sunned Dayron Sharp when they were on the court together. Uh, would have liked the Nets to get someone like Harrell. Obviously, we decided to, to go the stretch five route with, with the Morris acquisition. Um, so that's cool, I guess. And uh, quick shout out. Are we, are we ready to move on from the preseason game? I had a nice shout out. Yeah, hit your shout out, bro. Obviously, the Celtics have uh, had some off the court controversies this offseason with the Ime Adoka stuff. But shout out to Blake Griffin for finding a home in Boston. I think his style of play fits in exactly with what the Celtics try to do each season. They're a tough, gritty basketball team, and that literally is the definition of Blake's game at this point in his career. So loved what he gave the Nets while he was here. There are people that think if he played last uh, postseason, maybe the results would have been different if he played a little bit more. Um, but shout out to Blake Griffin. Nothing but love from this Nets fan. Absolutely. I love Blake Griffin. I'm happy to see him succeed. All right. Sticking with the shout out narrative, shout out to recurring guest Chris Mulholland. Chris is a gentleman that I've played basketball with, I've shared slices of pizza with. And we're shouting out Chris Nick because Chris got a new job at Sports Illustrated covering the Brooklyn Nets. He will, uh, he has joined Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation inside the Nets to cover the Brooklyn Nets. He'll still be contributing to Nets Daily, which is where he's written the last few years. Uh, but shout out to Chris on his new gig. That is awesome news. We absolutely love it when a recurring guest of the show gets an opportunity like that. Happy to hear it. Happy to see it. Happy to believe it. All right. We're not even going to talk about Media Day. That was last week's Nets content. Uh, I thought it was actually therapeutic to hear Kyrie, KD, Simmons talk about everything. 
Uh, it was refreshing from a fan's perspective to not hear reports and hear it come from their mouths. But we're not going to dwell on that. We're, we're into the season now. We already had a preseason basketball game played. Uh, so, that, so to pretty much close out the season, Nick, uh, the episode, season's just beginning. It's late on a Tuesday night. I've had some wine. What are our September goals for life and for the Brooklyn Nets? And when I say September, I misspoke. I meant what are our goals for the fall? our goals for October, for the Nets, and for life. I don't understand what you're asking me. So for me, my goal is to go to at least two games from now until December. That's my goal for the Nets. And my goal for life is to watch the Nets win as much as possible. So the life goal also has to do with the Nets. It doesn't. That's just my life goal. I'm a really big Nets fan. Okay, that's probably the dumbest question we've ever had on the podcast. Uh, I guess my Nets goal is uh, to watch as many games as I can in person and on TV. And my life goal is to not have to spend this much time a week talking to you and listening to stupid questions. Wow. (laughs) Nick, you got a better chance of accomplishing your Nets goal. All right, Nick. Finally, to end the pod, uh, practice in the park is coming up. I believe it's October. Do you know what day it is? I should probably know this. Oh, I don't know, but I'm going to try to win a, try to win a raffle, raffle, raffle that shit. You're going to try to go? Yeah. Okay, Nets to host practice in the park. At the, it's at the Brooklyn Bridge Park next week on October 9th. That is a Sunday. It's a free event. It begins at 12 p.m. and will feature entertainment honoring the team's celebration of 10 years in Brooklyn. You'll have Kerry Kittles will be there. Uh, former New Jersey Net, D.D. Richards of the New York Liberty. You'll also be able to watch performances by Joey Badass and Flip DeNero, the Brooklyn Nets dance team, Team Hype, and the Brooklyn Nets Beats Drumline. So, Nick, that's going to be a fun event. You happen to live in Brooklyn. Will you be attending? Uh, if I can, it's a, ra- it's a raffle, so it's tough to get tickets. We tried last year. We didn't win, um, but you got to snap, snatch them up as soon as you can. Tell them your fireside Nets. Tell them who you are, and hopefully they can help you out. Yeah, I'll do my best. All right. That does it for this week's episode. Nick, it felt good to be back hosting with you. Very excited for this Nets team. Glad we got to talk about their preseason game. But we got to close out the pod. Do you have any final words for our beautiful, intelligent, charismatic, attractive listeners out there? I mean, if that's the case, I hope we can meet them soon. (laughs) Um, I... uh... No, I mean, listen, fall's coming. It's a little rainy here in New York City. Um, it's a, a little bit of a seasonal change, and sometimes that changes our mood. So I just want to say stay positive, um, stay motivated, keep doing what makes you happy. If you need to get a workout in, it's harder, obviously, right now. Do something at home, but make sure to keep exercising, get a sweat in, uh, meditate, whatever, whatever clears your mind and keeps you productive and focused on your goals. And I think that's the most important thing during any time. Yeah, and I just want to say, you know, do what makes you happy. If you feel like getting a, a personal pizza with a side order of mozzarella sticks, maybe a little garlic bread, uh, you have some Dairy Queen for dessert, maybe you get a hard-coated chocolate shell, absolutely go for it because life's too short to just exercise all the time and not eat pizza and ice cream. Uh, the Giants are 3-1. and one. That is amazing. The Nets are soon to follow. Go Nets. Thank you guys for listening to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick brought to you by Empire Sports Media. And as always, catch a year.
on the fireside.